Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie R. Butler from the state of North Carolina, with my co-host, Glenn McMillian from the state of Texas, Courtney Carruthers from the state of Illinois, Steve Corder from the state of Illinois, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Clay Phillips from the state of Georgia, Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey, and Robert Lee Johnson from the state of of Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, we are grateful that you are tuning into our radio broadcast this evening. This radio show is brought to you by 11 and faithful members of the Churches of Christ. We ask you to take out your Bibles and study along with us. We have a very exciting show planned for your spiritual enlightenment and your edification. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, you can give us a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. Or if you can just go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the live show there. Or if you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts, you can send your emails to my new email address, ButlerSteve1009 at yahoo.com. Or you can call Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating the congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stay along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast. And we're prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray to be with my co-hosts on the show this evening, Brian Christian Coleman and Steve Cordell, as they break into our listeners the bread of life. Father, we pray that you will bless our listeners who are tuning in 
via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well and that their hearts may be pricked as they consider their eternal stance before you and their soul salvation. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, to die such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you'll continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives, and that we have been faithful until death. Father, we pray that you would save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, after the break, the next voice you hear be that of my co-host, Brian Christian Coleman. He serves with the Newark Church of Christ there in Newark, New Jersey. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And there wouldn't be no shouted out question uh, for the show this evening. And our last segment will be done by my co-host, Steve Cordo. He serves with the, as the evangelist for the East Park Church of Christ there in Danville, Illinois. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close out the show. So open up your Bibles and open your minds and let's have a great show after the break. The next one should be that of my co-host, Brian Christian Coleman. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
listening to the gospel light radio show give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of jesus christ now my co-host brian christian coleman brothers and sisters good afternoon good evening good afternoon to everyone it is a great opportunity that god has blessed us with to come together once again to study and share another portion of his holy and divine word if you have your bibles Please open them up to James chapter 4, and we're going to begin around verse number 7 to 15, after which I'll give my subject, and we'll go right into our lesson this evening. James chapter 4, verses 7 to 15, <clears throat> and the Bible says, Yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, <clears throat> and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your heart, your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joys to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his, his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. 
There is one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city, and you continue there a year, and buy and sell, and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanishes away. For that we ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live, and do this or do that. I'd like to speak from the subject this evening, the five greatest facts of life. The five greatest facts of life. As we journey through this life, we face many challenges in our lives. We are plagued with different challenges in life. We face each and every day with challenges when we go to work each day. Issues without with drugs in our community. Alcoholic abuses in our neighborhoods. Prostitutes on the corners in our inner cities is going up while our income does not meet the needs. Death is around us each and every day. We are still dealing, even in the year 2022, with the coronavirus, which has claimed over 100, oh, excuse me, 1 million American lives. Who knew that in the year, at the end of the year of 2019 that we would be part of 2020, an unknown virus that made its way all around the world in a short period of time? We have been forced to wear masks everywhere we go. We're instructed to wash our hands, stay six feet away from each other. At one time, basketball, baseball, and other sport events had been canceled. If you wanted to go to the supermarket to buy food and other items, you had to get up early in the morning and stand in line and wait till the store opened. If you go to, if you had gone to Walmart or your local supermarket, you found hand sanitizer, Lysol sprays, sanitation wipes, sanitation cleaning products, and all other items like this were either out of stock or were available at high prices. If you try to make an appointment with your personal physician to schedule an appointment for a routine medical examination or because you're not feeling well, you're told by that person on the phone that the doctor is busy and will now have an open appointment for you for at least four to five months. It was the same with dentists, neurologists, psychologists, and other professionals. You wanted to go out and enjoy yourself and try to get out of the house. You wanted to go to movies, a restaurant, but you had some of them closed and just now starting to open up. No matter if you are white, black, or Asian, it didn't matter if you were rich or poor, lived in a city or a suburb, lived in a private home or an apartment. You work for yourself or someone else. Whenever you work for the government, medical, or business, we all <clears throat> are in one or three stages in, in our daily walk of life. You're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or you're already in one. In our text in James 4, 7 to 15, the Bible says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. 
Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Each of us are not immune from these facts of life. We're all going to have to go through some storms in life. What is going to discuss what we're going to discuss today is there are five greatest facts of life. They are life is brief, judgment is sure, eternity is long, and preparation is necessary. The first point, life is brief. We all must admit it if we are honest, that that life on earth is brief. It doesn't matter if you live 50 years, 65, 70, 85, or even over 100. Even 100 years is a brief moment of time here on planet earth. You first need to understand that time in the mind of God is far different from the way we see it. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3 and 8, "But But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Bible also says in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The Bible says in James 4 and 4, Whereas you know that not what shall be tomorrow, for what is your life? It is a vapor that appears for a little while and vanishes away. These scriptures teaches us that life is short. James shows us that the illustration that a vapor is only around for a short time. The Bible says in Psalms 90 and 10, the days of our years are threescore years and ten. By reason of strength, there be fourscore years. Yet it is their strength labor and sorrow for is soon cut off and we fly away we learn from this passage that we live on this earth for a specific time amount of time by the grace and mercy of god but one day we have to take the journey towards death man may build many monuments and structures that he believes will stand the test of time We have Mount Rushmore out in the Black Hills of South Dakota, the Sears Tower in Chicago, Illinois, Show of Liberty in New York City, the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, California, the Hoover Dam in Boulder, Colorado, the White House in Washington Monument in Washington, D.C. But one day, all of these wonderful items made by man will one day be destroyed. One day, all these things, will be destroyed. One day, every monument made by man is going to go to dust. The Bible says in Second Peter 3, 9 and 10, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with great noise. And the elements shall melt with firmament heat. The earth also and the works that therein shall be burned up. My second point, death is certain. There is one thing that we all must understand is no matter who you are, you have to face death one day. It doesn't matter how, how much education you obtain, 
whether you have a bachelor's, master's, PhD, certificates, and awards. It doesn't matter if you are going to die, you're going to die one day. It doesn't matter what type of job that you may have as a politician, businessman, ditch digger, doctor, or nurse. It doesn't matter what job that you have. You're going to die one day. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you eat healthy foods each and every day. Take all the health supplements and vitamins. Run track. Jog. Keep from eating fried food. Get proper rest. Drink a certain amount of water each day. Exercise on a daily basis. No matter what you do, you're going to die one day. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 7, 1 and 2, a good man is better than precious ointment. And the day of death, in the day of one's birth It is better to go to the house of mourning Than go to the house of feasting For that is the end of all man And the living will lay it to his heart The Bible also says in Hebrews 9.27 And it is appointed unto man once to die But after death, the judgment Excuse me This is an appointment that all of us Are going to be sure to make you may miss your doctor's appointments, your dental appointments, your scheduled physical for your job, but this is an appointment that you're going to keep. The old lady said it best when he said, I don't mind dying if that was all, but one day all of us is going to have to face the judgment. My third point, the judgment is sure. Once we have laid our head to a dying, dying pillow, we're not done. You and I have to face the judgment. On that day, the judgment is a day that each and every one must have to face one day. Everyone that has ever lived on this earth will be at the judgment. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that which he has done, whether it be good or bad. When we stand at the judgment, we're going to be judged for all the things that we have done in our body, whether it be good or bad. And if you know and if you know that someone that has <clears throat> been alive, well everyone that you know that has ever been alive will be at the judgment. Adam and Eve to the last person who lived at the time of the will be at the judgment. Past presidents will be there. Such men as Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Bill Clinton, James A. Garfield, John F. Kennedy. Richard Milhouse Nixon, Barack Obama, and even Donald Trump will stand at the judgment. Scientists such as Albert Einstein, George Washington Carver, government officials such as Supreme Court Justice Earl Warren, Hugo Black, evil men through history such as Adolf Hitler, Benita Mussolini, Joseph Stalin, Joseph Goebbels, Heinrich Himmler, and even Scarface Al Capone. Everything, everyone that you can name will stand at the judgment. The Bible says in Matthew 25, 31 to 46, when the Son of Man shall come to his glory and all the holy angels are with him, then shall he sit upon his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a, sheep, a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he, will, he, he shall... <clears throat> shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. 
for I was hungry, and he gave me meat. I was thirsty, and he gave me drink. I was a stranger, and he took me in. Naked, and he clothed me. I was sick, and he and you visited me. I was in prison, and he came unto me. Then shall the righteous answering him, saying, Lord, when shall we have seen thee, have seen thee hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When shall we see thee see a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or who shall we see sick and or in prison, and came to thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it to one of the least of my brethren, ye have done it unto me. It's amazing when we read God's word. Then Christ shall went through the same things on his left. In verse 41, then shall he say unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. Because these people did not, did the opposite of those on the right hand. He was hungry, and they gave him no meat. Thirsty, and he gave him no drink. A stranger, and he took him not in. Naked, and he clothed him not. Sick and in prison, and visited him not. And then he said, Faith, they'll go to everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. This is what's going to happen when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Eternity is long. One thing we all must understand that eternity will never end. Eternity is going to be is going to last forever and ever. The Bible says in Matthew 25 and 46, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. That means if Christ sends you either to heaven or hell, you're going to be there forever. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3 and 8, but beloved ye not ignorant of one thing, that one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. This shows us that our thoughts regarding time are not the same on, on the same scale as God. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, as I stated earlier, for our thoughts are not God's thoughts and our ways are not his ways. Preparation is necessary. My final point, in order to prepare for eternity, we need to be prepared. The Boy Scouts have a model which, which they live by, which means, which says, be prepared. If you own a car, it makes no sense in obtaining auto insurance after the accident. If you own a house, it makes no sense in obtaining fire insurance and homeowner's insurance after your house has been damaged or destroyed by fire. If you are about to have an operation, it doesn't make no sense in obtaining medical insurance after you've been infected by a dangerous disease. If you want to be able to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, from the Lord on the day of judgment, you need to make some preparations. You may ask, what do I need to do to get myself prepared? The answer is simply, you must become a Christian. You cannot become a Christian by putting your hand on the radio. You cannot be, be, become a Christian by saying the sinner's prayer. You cannot become a Christian by tearing at the altar on Jesus. You cannot become a Christian by any other way. 
man thinks that you can become a man a Christian. You must have to follow five simple steps to become a Christian. You've got to hear the gospel, Romans ten seventeen. For faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You must believe the gospel, John eight twenty four. The Bible says, except you believe by him, you will die in your sins. And the Lord goes on further to say, if you die in your sins, where I am, you cannot come. You must repent of your sins, Luke 13, 3 and 5. The Bible says, except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. You must confess with your mouth the sweetest words that you will ever say, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Acts 8, 36 and 37. And then you go down into the liquid tomb of baptism for the remission of your sins. Acts 2 and verse 38. Washes away your sins. Acts 22, 16. You become a new creature. John 3 and 5. You become a child of God. Galatians 3, 26 and 27. And you are added to the church of Christ. Acts 2 verse four, and verse number 47. I don't know what's on your mind tonight, and I hope I'm reaching someone who is not a member of the church. But understand, these are the five greatest facts of life, and we're living in one of them right now. And as sure as God is on the throne, we have to face all of these facts because they are facts that cannot be disputed. They are facts that cannot be, be treated wrong. We all must face them one day. I don't know where your heart is tonight. I don't know where your mind is, but I hope and pray that you accept the gospel call. I pray that you accept God as your Christ as your Savior. Put on Christ in baptism for the remission of your sins. May God bless you, and may God keep you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Come on, it's in the 
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific needs. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my co-host, Steve Cordo. And good evening, Stevie, and good evening to everybody that's uh, tuning in to us uh, on Blog Talk Radio this evening. Thank you for joining us. And if you have a Bible handy, we're going to start in uh, Titus chapter 2, and we're also going to be looking at Hebrews uh, chapter 9, if you want to be opening your Bibles uh, to those two uh, places. Hebrews, or rather, I'm sorry, Titus chapter 2. And uh, we're going to begin in uh, verse 11, where Paul tells Titus that for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority, let no one despise you. Now uh, let's go on over here to uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. And uh, we're going to start over here in uh, verse uh, 26. And uh, hold on here, I'm in the wrong place. There we go, Hebrews chapter 9. And uh, he says, uh, verse 23, Therefore it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ had not entered the holy place made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself not to appear in the presence of God for us, not that uh, he should offer himself, often as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another, he then would have had to suffer often since now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment, So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly await for him 
he will appear a second time apart from sin to salvation. Now, I want you to notice a couple of things here. In Titus chapter 2, notice that salvation has appeared to all men, uh, Paul says. God wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. He is not willing that any should perish. But then also notice Hebrews, where the writer says it is appointed unto men once to die, and then after this is the judgment. Now, I have oftentimes used the idea of a coin to explain God's two sides. There's one side that's grace and mercy. One side is wrath and judgment. And it's up to you to call it. You know, the most famous coin toss, I believe, in all of history happened very late at night on February the 2nd, 1959. That was when at the surf ballroom in Clear Lake, Iowa, on day 11 of the Winter Dance Party Tour, you've probably heard the story, Buddy Holly and uh, Richie Valens and uh, the big bopper, J.P. Richardson, took off in a plane and crashed less than five minutes after takeoff in an Iowa cornfield. And prior to getting on the plane, a man named Tommy Alsup was supposed to go on that flight, but Richie Valens was really uh, trying to get his seat on the plane and kept asking him, hey, you're going to let me fly. Will you, will you swap with me? And Tommy Alsup finally pulled a coin out of his pocket, a 50-cent piece, and told him, call it. And Richie Valens called heads, and heads it was. Now, let's think about that coin toss. Now, when you toss a coin, you have a 50-50 chance of it coming up heads or tails, whichever you call. This evening, I want us to see a difference between that and when we look at God as a coin, and I'll explain that when we get to the end. Because you've got two sides here. The side we want is grace, mercy, and forgiveness. And that's the side that we don't deserve because of sin. But the side that we deserve is the one we don't want. That's judgment and wrath. So let's look at this. Let's start by looking first at the side of the coin that's grace, mercy, and forgiveness. And Grace is something that God gives us that we don't earn. Grace, remember, is unmerited favor. And in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul there speaks of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Now, think about him. He says that we are called by grace. We are, God calls us through his grace. Think about this. How many of you uh, watch the TV show The Price is Right? And when your name gets called, look how excited those – they get called, come on down. They go running down there, and they're excited to be there. They run down, they'll hug Drew Carey and shake his hand. And then when he calls them to come on up because they bid the right price on a given prize, uh, they're all excited but yet when we look at the fact that God is calling us through the gospel, how many of us get just as excited about that call? Uh, we tend to be a little bit lackluster about it. We don't get quite as excited about God calling us. But remember, this is a call bigger than any announcer calling us for a game show, and it's for a prize that's better than anything uh, that we could get on a game show. That's better than any new car or any, any exotic vacation. Because God's greatest demonstration of grace is seen in Jesus Christ. Without Jesus, remember, there is no grace. He is the personification of God's grace. It was his death on the cross that was the greatest show of grace on earth. 
and our salvation rests firmly grounded upon that historical work performed by Jesus at that uh, first occurrence of his when he uh, was born into this world and walked among us and taught and brought us God's salvation. And the Bible is very clear as to how grace is dispensed. John chapter 14 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Is there anything about that statement that is unclear? Because Jesus' exclusive claim is unmistakable, it is, uh, and it forces us to give a response. He invites people to accept or reject him, making it clear that we just can't partially accept Jesus. We can't just say, well, yeah, you know, I really like what he had to say in the Sermon on the Mount, but over there in Matthew 25, that stuff about judgment, you know, I don't like that. It's an all-or-nothing proposition. And when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that self-description invalidated any other uh, alternative plan of salvation. Now, some look at that and they say, well, it's just too restrictive. In fact, there's even some people uh, today, they call themselves progressive Christians, who look at this and they just deny that Jesus is the one unique way to get to the Father. But what we have to understand is, considering the desperate state of the human condition, the fact that there is a way to God at all is evidence of God's grace. He did not have to do this. Yes, God is love, but he's also righteousness, as we're going to see here in just a minute. Remember in Acts chapter 4, Peter said that salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name given among heaven, uh, whereby we are given uh, among men under heaven, whereby we must be saved. There is no other alternative. Uh, I saw a Facebook post once that said, uh, there's 7 billion people on the planet, therefore there's 7 billion different ways to get to God. No, you've overstated it by 6 billion, uh, million and whatever, whatever. There is only one way that we can have to get to God. Peter, in Acts chapter uh, 4, verse 12, uh, obviously is telling us that, that we have to make this commitment to that one way. Peter switched to a first person at the end of the verse by saying, uh, a first person plural pronoun by saying that that is the only way that we must be saved. That it was a direct appeal uh, to his audience. Ephesians chapter 2, human beings we see by our very nature cannot bring perfection to God. We are saved by grace through faith, that not of yourselves, he says. It is the gift of God, not by works. Our salvation is not based on how much we can do for God because there is just not enough for us to do. Uh, for God, for salvation. Now, along with grace comes mercy. That's another side of this, uh, another piece of this particular side of the coin. It's a major attribute of God. We see it all through the Bible, just like grace. If someone tries to tell you that the Old Testament God, uh, or the God portrayed in the Old Testament, is different than the New Testament, and what a vengeful, uh, petty uh, God, ignore them. Genesis chapter 6 says Noah found grace in the eyes of, of God. And throughout the, the Psalms and the Proverbs, you see God's grace and mercy, particularly in the Psalms. God's mercy is pictured not only as God's uh, uh, disposition, but it's his action on behalf of undeserving people. And, and mercy and compassion and grace and faithfulness are all a lot of times uh, put together uh, throughout the scriptures. Mercy is an expression of God's character. It is, it is uh, his uh, not giving us uh, what we deserve. So that's the side that we are wanting. 
That's the side of the divine coin we want. We want grace and mercy. But like I said, we don't deserve it. So let's flip it over and look at the side we deserve, the side we're going to get if we decide to reject Jesus. This is the side we don't want because we deserve wrath. When we look at Romans chapter 1 beginning in verse 18, we see that God's wrath is seen uh, in the fact that uh, he is not uh, going to have sin in his presence. We see that sin is the problem of humanity. The wrath of God, you know, is not some impulsive, irrational rage, but it is the response of a holy God towards evil, towards sin. You know, we humans, we might get in a rage and say and do things that we regret, but God's holiness cannot tolerate unholiness. Habakkuk 1.13 says, your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrong. So even if our, in our fallen human societies, crime is, you know, recognized as being against general human goodness. And we get outraged when we see crimes. We see uh, the shootings in the, in the elementary schools and things like that. We get outraged, and rightly so. But how come we don't expect God to be outraged with our own sins? How can we expect God to let things slide when, when we don't let anything slide? When we get the slightest uh, uh, offense against us many times, we get angry. We get upset. But with God, oh, don't worry about it. God will accept me. Yeah, I know I'm not perfect, but, you know, hey, at least I'm not Charles Manson. I might, I might lie a little bit. I might, I might uh, uh, do uh, a little clubbing or something like that. Hey, God is perfectly angry with sin. And the problem with humans is we cannot measure up to what God, uh, to his standard. The extent of God's wrath is universal. It is revealed from heaven against all who deserve it. And that's going to be all humans. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But wait a minute, preacher. I'm not that bad. Hey, all have sinned. He does not break it down into felonies and misdemeanors like we do with our human law. Man's relative goodness compared to God's perfect standard uh, can be illustrated this way. Just think if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon. I think at its narrowest part, it's about four miles wide. Do you think you can jump across it? Well, some people I don't think could even imagine uh, or manage jumping a couple of feet. Even the best long jumper couldn't jump that. Well, that's basically our standard of goodness compared to God's perfect standard. We can't cross that gap. We don't have it in us to do it, which is why he sent Jesus. But we deserve judgment because of our sin, because we don't keep God's law. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 9. It is appointed to men once to die, and after this comes the judgment. It is a, a, a physical death that will precede this judgment. We have seen judgment follows death. We see that throughout Scripture. Acts chapter 17, Paul told the people on Mars Hill that God has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness. He has appointed a day. I don't know when that day is going to come. I just need to make sure I'm ready for it. And that's a, a point that anybody listening needs to understand. We don't know when the Lord's going to return. could be tonight. Could be before this broadcast ends. It could be next week, 10 years from now. Don't know. Whenever it is, we need to be prepared for it. Paul told the people there on Mars Hill, it is an appointed day. And the judgment is given as a reason why God commands all men everywhere to repent. That is to change our lives because that judgment is coming. And it's for the whole world. It's for everybody. 
It's for Jew. It's for Gentile. It doesn't matter your race, your, your religion, your nationality. Everybody will stand before God in judgment, in a righteous judgment. That's going to be the principle, his strict justice. And if you don't have the blood of Jesus covering your sins, you're not going to make it. Second Corinthians chapter 5 tells us we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. It will be a personal judgment. In other words, you will be held accountable for yourself, not for what anybody else has done. And you won't be able to point at the guy standing next to you and say, well, wait a minute, Lord, what about all the stuff he did? I really wasn't that. God's going to say, hey, wait a minute, I'm not talking to him, I'm talking to you. And then in Matthew 25, Jesus said, these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. There's a preview. It's not pleasant. I don't like to talk about Jim. I don't like to talk about hell. It's a reality. That is what's going to happen if we are not prepared. There will be no arguing or pleading with the Lord either. God's verdict is final. There's no appeal. It's going to be just. It'll be the proper judgment because the Lord judges right, uh, rightly and righteously. Judgment's going to come. The Lord will execute righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed, we're told in Psalm 103. And he shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment, people in uprightness, Psalm 9, verse 8. And then remember, back in Acts, Paul said that these times of ignorance, uh, God has, uh, sorry, the time of this ignorance, God has once winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. God, God's not going to let, uh, in other words, ignorance is not going to be an excuse. You won't be able to stand, well, Lord, I didn't know. We're told in Second Thessalonians that, that there will be uh, judgment executed on those who do not know God and who did not uh, receive the gospel of Christ. Now, over in, in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said to ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. If you are seeking, you will find. You will not have an excuse. No accountable person will have an excuse or will be able to plead ignorance when it comes to judgment. Because we have to be obedient to the faith. Paul preached the gospel of obedience. Don't hear again. Don't let anyone tell you that you, that obedience isn't necessary because it is. The gospel has to be heard and believed. Not just believed in the sense I'm going to give intellectual uh, acknowledgement to it, but in the sense that I believe it, so I'm going to carry it out. I'm going to do what it is that the Lord uh, tells me to do because there will be a final judgment. Eternal judgment is, is one of the elementary teachings about Christ we see in Hebrews chapter 6, and everybody faces it. It's as inescapable as that. The only way uh, we won't die on this earth will be if the Lord comes back. And even in the family of God, there's going to be judgment. First uh, Peter chapter 4, verse 17. Everybody will, will be there. Sinners may think that somehow their worst failings can be hidden, but not when it comes to God. There is nothing hidden that will not be revealed. Men's words are going to be, uh, uh, be uh, measured against them. Matthew chapter 12, we're told there that it is the gauge of our heart. In other words, the words that I speak, if I've got a lot of dirty jokes and I'm cussing a lot and that sort of thing, that will give you an indication what's going on in my heart and in my mind. But if I'm speaking uh, words of righteousness, if I am being encouraging, then you'll know what's in my heart. Now, as we're wrapping it up, I want to go back to that coin toss for just a minute. Now, when you toss a coin, you get a 50-50 chance. You call heads, 50-50. And therein lies the difference between that coin toss 
and the coin toss of God's coin. You know how it will turn out. In other words, if you follow God's instructions and you are baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, you'll get grace, mercy, and forgiveness. You can know you're going to have that. But if you make the choice to disobey God, you get wrath and holiness and the judgment side of the coin, the side that humans deserve but that they don't want. So here as we come to the lesson, let me just put it out there. The coin has been tossed. It's up to you. Call it. Mercy and forgiveness, or do you want judgment and wrath? It's your call. Be in touch with myself or Stevie or or, uh, anyone on social media that's a part of this broadcast. We'll be glad to help you know what you need to do to obey the Lord so that you get the mercy and and forgiveness of sins that we all want. Thank you for having me on the show tonight, Stevie. Thank you all for joining in and listening. And we'll, I think I'm on next week for the Shout It Out segment. So we'll see you then. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
Come on. 
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Now, for all of you that are out there listening, I need you just to close your eyes. And I need you to think about your personal relationship with the Father right now. How good He's been. And family, let's just give God praise. It's time to worship. Oh, lift up, lift up holy hands. Oh, you've been so good to me. All because Jesus, you shed the blood of that Hallelujah. Oh, I need a witness up in here. Oh! 
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.